0: This is chapter eighteen of the American Claimant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The American Claimant by Mark Twain. Chapter eighteen Washington shuddered slightly at the suggestion. Then his face took on a dreamy look, and he dropped into a trance of thought. After a little, Sellers asked him what he was grinding in his mental mill. Well, this. Have you got some secret project in your head which requires a Bank of England back of it to make it succeed? The colonel showed lively astonishment and said, Why, Hawkins, are you a mind-reader? I? I never thought of such a thing. Well, then how did you happen to drop onto that idea in this curious fashion? It's just mind-reading, that's what it is, though you may not know it because I have got a private project that requires a Bank of England at its back. How could you define that? What was the process? This is interesting." And there wasn't any process. A thought like this happened to slip through my head by accident. How much would make you or me comfortable—a hundred thousand? Yet you are expecting two or three of these inventions of yours to turn out some billions of money, and you are wanting them to do that. If you wanted ten millions, I could understand that. It's inside the human limits. But billions! That's clear outside the limits. There must be a definite project back of that somewhere. The Earl's interest and surprise augmented with every word, and when Hawkins finished, he said with strong admiration, It's wonderfully reasoned out, Washington, it certainly is. It shows what I think is quite extraordinary penetration. For you've hit it. You've driven the center. You've plugged the bull's-eye of my dream. Now, I'll tell you the whole thing, and you'll understand it. I don't need to ask you to keep it to yourself, because you'll see that the project will prosper all the better for being kept in the background till the right time. Have you noticed how many pamphlets and books I've got lying around relating to Russia? Yes, I think most anybody would notice that—anybody who wasn't dead well i've been posting myself a good while that's a great and splendid nation and deserves to be set free he paused then added in a quite matter-of-fact way when i get this money i'm going to set it free great guns why what makes you jump like that dear me when you are going to drop a remark under a man's chair that is likely to blow him out through the roof why don't you put some expression some force some noise into it that will prepare him you shouldn't flip out such a gigantic thing as this in that colorless kind of a way you do jolt a person up so go on now i'm all right again Uh, tell me all about it i'm all interest yes and sympathy too well i've looked the ground over and concluded that the methods of the russian patriots while good enough considering the way the boys are hampered are not the best at least not the quickest they are trying to revolutionize russia from within that's pretty slow you know and liable to interruption all the time and is full of perils for the workers do you know how peter the great started his army he didn't start it on the family premises under the noses of the sterlitzes no he started it away off yonder privately only just one regiment you know and he built to that the first thing the sterlitzes knew the regiment was an army their position was turned and they had to take a walk just that little idea made the biggest and worst of all the despotisms the world has seen the same idea can unmake it i'm going to prove it i'm going to get out to one side and work my scheme the way peter did this is mighty interesting rossmore what is it you are going to do i am going to buy siberia and start a republic there bang you go again without giving any notice going to buy it yes as soon as i get the money i don't care what the price is i shall take it i can afford it and i will now then consider this and you've never thought of it i'll warrant Where is the place where there is twenty-five times more manhood, pluck, true heroism, unselfishness, devotion to high and noble ideals, adoration of liberty, wide education and brains per thousand of population, than any other domain in the whole world can show? Siberia. Right! It is true. It certainly is true. But I never thought of it before. Nobody ever thinks of it but it's so just the same. In those mines and prisons are gathered together the very finest and noblest and capablest multitude of human beings that God is able to create. Now if you had that kind of a population to sell, would you offer it to a despotism? No, the despotism has no use for it, you would lose money. A despotism has no use for anything but human cattle but suppose you want to start a republic yes i see it's just the material for it well i should say so there's siberia with just the very finest and choicest material on the globe for a republic and more coming more coming all the time don't you see it is being daily weekly monthly recruited by the most perfectly devised system that has ever been invented perhaps by this system the whole of the hundred millions of russia are being constantly and patiently sifted, 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 by myriads of trained experts, spies appointed by the emperor personally. And whenever they catch a man, woman, or child, that has got any brains or education or character, they ship that person straight to Siberia. It is admirable, it is wonderful, it is so searching and so effective, that it keeps the general level of Russian intellect and education down to that of the Tsar." come that sounds like exaggeration well it's what they say anyway but i think myself it's a lie and it doesn't seem right to slander a whole nation that way anyhow now then you see what the material is they're in siberia for a republic he paused and his breast began to heave and his eye to burn under the impulse of strong emotion then his words began to stream forth with constantly increasing energy and fire and he rose to his feet as if to give himself larger freedom the minute i organize that republic the light of liberty intelligence justice humanity bursting from it flooding from it flaming from it will concentrate the gaze of the whole astonished world as upon the miracle of a new sun russia's countless multitudes of slaves will rise up and march march eastward with that great light transfiguring their faces as they come and far back of them you will see-what will you see a vacant throne in an empty land it can be done and by god i will do it he stood a moment bereft of earthly consciousness by his exaltation then consciousness returned bringing him a slight shock and he said with grave earnestness i must ask you to pardon me major hawkins I have never used that expression before, and I beg you will forgive it this time. Hawkins was quite willing. You see, Washington, it is an error which I am by nature not liable to. Only excitable people, impulsive people, are exposed to it. But the circumstances of the present case, I being a democrat by birth and preference, and an aristocrat by inheritance and relish— The earl stopped suddenly, his frame stiffened and he began to stare speechless through the curtainless window. Then he pointed, and gasped out a single rapturous word—'Look!' "'What is it, Colonel?' "'It!' "'No!' "'Sure as you're born. Keep perfectly still. I'll apply the influence. I'll turn on all my force. I've brought it thus far. I'll fetch it right into the house. You'll see.' He was making all sorts of passes in the air with his hands. "'There! Look at that! I've made it smile! See?' Quite true. Tracy, out for an afternoon stroll, had come unexpectedly upon his family arms displayed upon this shabby house-front. The hatchments made him smile, which was nothing. They had made the neighborhood cats do that. "'Look, Hawkins, look! I'm drawing it over!' You're drawing it sure, Rossmore. If I ever had any doubts about materialization, they're gone now, and gone for good. Oh, this is a joyful day. Tracy was sauntering over to read the door-plate. Before he was halfway over he was saying to himself, Why, manifestly, these are the American claimant's quarters. It's coming, coming right along. I'll slide down and pull it in. You follow after me. Sellers, pale and a good deal agitated, opened the door and confronted Tracy. The old man could not at once get his voice. Then he pumped out a scattering and hardly coherent salutation, and followed it with, "'Walk in! Walk right in, Uh, Mr.—er—Tracy! Howard Tracy! Tracy, thanks! Uh, Walk right in! You're expected!' Tracy entered, considerably puzzled, and said, "'Expected? I think there must be some mistake.' oh i judge not said sellers who noticing that hawkins had arrived gave him a sidewise glance intended to call his close attention to a dramatic effect which he was proposing to produce by his next remark then he said slowly and impressively i am you know who to the astonishment of both conspirators the remark produced no dramatic effect at all for the newcomer responded with a quite innocent and unembarrassed air no pardon me i don't know who you are i only suppose but no doubt correctly that you are the gentleman whose title is on the door-plate right quite right sit down pray sit down the earl was rattled thrown off his bearings his head was in a whirl then he noticed hawkins standing apart and staring idiotically at what to him was the apparition of a defunct man and a new idea was born to him he said to tracy briskly but a thousand pardons dear sir i am forgetting courtesies due to a guest and stranger let me introduce my friend general hawkins general hawkins our new senator senator from the latest and grandest addition to the radiant galaxy of sovereign states cherokee strip to himself that name will shrivel him up but it didn't in the least and the colonel resumed the introduction piteously disheartened and amazed senator hawkins mr howard tracy of er england england why that's him. england yes native of england recently from there yes quite recently said the colonel to himself this phantom lies like an expert purifying this kind by fire don't work i'll sound him a little further give him another chance or two to work his gift then aloud with deep irony Visiting our great country for recreation and amusement, no doubt. I suppose you find that traveling in the majestic expanses of our far west I haven't been west, and haven't been devoting myself to amusement with any sort of exclusiveness, I assure you. In fact, to merely live, an artist has got to work, not play. Artist, said Hawkins to himself, thinking of the rifled bank. That is a name for it are you an artist asked the colonel and added to himself now i'm going to catch him in a humble way yes what line pursued the sly veteran oils i've got him said sellers to himself then aloud this is fortunate could i engage you to restore some of my paintings that need that attention i shall be very glad pray let me see them no shuffling no evasion no embarrassment even under this crucial test the colonel was nonplussed he led tracy to a chromo which had suffered damage in a former owner's hands through being used as a lamp-mat and said with a flourish of his hand toward the picture this del sarto is that a del sarto the colonel bent a look of reproach upon tracy allowed it to sink home then resumed as if there had been no interruption del sarto is perhaps the only original of that sublime master in our country you see yourself that the work is of such exceeding delicacy that the risk could um would you mind giving me a little example of what you could do before we cheerfully cheerfully i will copy one of these marvels water-color materials relics of miss sally's college life were brought tracy said he was better in oils but would take a chance with these so he was left alone. He began his work, but the attractions of the place were too strong for him, and he got up and went drifting about, fascinated, also amazed. End of chapter 18.